You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. Today is Friday, October 13th, and there is nothing more scary than if your business does not have a strong leadership foundation. And since Halloween is approaching, we're going to talk about some scary things involving business. And my guest today is Mr. Eric Jones, who's a business leadership coach. Eric, happy Friday the 13th. How are you? Thanks, Ryan. I am doing great. And, you know, people may think that we shouldn't record this on Friday the 13th, but we're going to change the status quo. We're going to make this a lucky day for both of us. That's right. Yeah, I agree with you there. So, Eric, let's talk about your background, how you got into this business coaching role. Um, how did that all come about? So I'm, I've got a very interesting background in the sense that I started as just a regular worker. You know, I, I spent most of my career um, coming up through the ranks. I, I, I don't have a college degree, so I don't have a formal background as it would be, but I was born at a serendipitous time in the sense that the internet was just starting to get big and was just starting to boom. And I was on the ground floor of that and I started building websites and I started getting into development and coding. And I, I kind of came up through the ranks as a developer and a coder and then transitioned to project and program management. And it's really when I got into that area, when I got into more of a managerial or a leader role in that sense, uh, that I really started to find this love for people and for um, helping people become better in their jobs and everything. So I started going through a very deep, personal, self-reflective journey of like, well, who am I as a person and what does that mean? And through all that, that's when I started to really discover that I just, I loved talking to people. I loved listening to their stories, their dreams, and and then helping them connect dots that they couldn't see themselves. And right. Over time, I've been able to do trainings and other things that kind of help to really uh, solidify those things and give them a little bit more formality, as it would be. And it just it's just continued to grow and prosper from there. And I, and I love it because a lot of times when you sit across the room from a, the table from a coach or on the phone with one of your coaches, you're there to learn. Typically, you know, you're there to discover something. But it's amazing how much I, as a coach, will either discover about myself or discover about my journey or discover about something else. Well, I'm in that same call where I'm trying to help somebody else. So it's a really a beautiful thing when you can give so much yet get so much back out of it at the same time. Yeah. Now there's a lot of business coaches out there, people that say they're a business coach. So <laughs> I, I want to understand how you separate yourself from the herd because that's ultimately yeah. what's important. That's what people want to know. Well, how yeah, is your approach different? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that's great. I appreciate that. Yeah, saying you're a business coach is like saying you're in sales. You right. know, like everybody's in sales, or I'm an accountant. You know, like, well, what what do you mean by that exactly? And and for me, um, as a as a coach and a business leadership coach, really, my focus is on um, either new leaders that are are looking to um, become better leaders, or more importantly, a leader of an organization or small business that is the only leader. And they need to build a leadership team or they've got a young leadership team or, or maybe even an existing leadership team that just isn't clicking and isn't working well. So I'm a, I'm a certified system and soul coach. And what that means is that we have a framework that we use to help these organizations really gain better clarity and control in their overall organization. And it, it's something that starts at leadership, 
but expands and has reigns into all aspects of a company as it would be. So we, we, I work with solopreneurs. I work with small business leaders. I work with uh, CTOs, CFOs, CPOs, like anybody that's ahead of a large group. Um, because even in that context, those groups are almost like a mini little company in themselves. And there's all kinds of dynamics and stuff that need to be worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any specific examples or stories of clients you've worked with and kind of your approach and how it's, how it's really helped them succeed in that leadership role? Yeah, I mean, so with System and Soul, one of our, our cornerstone pieces of our framework is what we call the S2 roadmap. Uh, and this S2 roadmap is basically, it's a one sheet piece of paper that really brings a lot of clarity to a business. In fact, we, we say a lot of times that a lot of business owners that when they do this sheet, we hear quite often, and I've heard quite often back from them, I've learned more about my company in these past few hours than I have in the past few years of running and building this company. Um, and that's, that's a bold statement to make, but we hear it all the time. And it's crazy because everybody that's in their company knows what they're really good at and they know how they've built it. They know how they got there as it would be for the most part, but they don't really know technically hundred percent why we're here and where mm -hmm. we want to go. And that's what our roadmap really helps you to figure out is who are you as a company? What do you want to be known as, as an organization? You know, there's little pieces of this thing, like a, an onlyness statement, which is like, hey, I'm the only blank that does blank. Um, there's a, a destination, like we're going to be $50 million company by 2050, things like that. But we've had little nuances to those things in the sense that um, like on the, on the, the where are we going our destination statement comment we had a because statement because you got to know where you're going but you also got to know why you're going there and that's really right. big and that only this statement is key for defining you as a company like what separates you from your competitors what separates you from from others in your industry what separates you from the guy next door as it would be and i love that statement one of the most because when i hand that to people it gives them such clarity on where they want to take their business and who they want to work with in business. And the example of that is I was working with a fintech type company and they were writing up their only in this statement. And honestly, they gave me a lot of pushback on the only in a statement. They're like, well, we're pretty unique. You know, it's not that hard for us to define who we are. And I said, well, let's do it anyways. So they wrote an only in the statement that they were proud of and that they worked on. And what was crazy is that the leader of this business, once they wrote the only statement, he looked at it he immediately the next day went out and fired three clients. Wow. That's crazy. And I, and I asked him, I was like, well, what made you fire three clients after this only in this statement? He's like, because we were wasting time, we were wasting money, and we were wasting energy on those clients because they did not fit into our only in a statement. They weren't, they weren't the right client for us. Did they need our services? On some level, sure, but they weren't who we wanted to work with. They weren't what, who we wanted to serve. And opening up those three clients, they were actually able to bring in six more clients on top of that, you know, wow. um, which is great. Yeah. So to me, like one little statement gives you that. Um, and we hear stories like this all the time. You know, we're a collection of coaches and there's a lot of us that are doing the system and soul coaching right now, but we're a community as well. And we share knowledge and information back and forth. And it's just wonderful to hear kind of all these different stories of, you know, companies that, uh, didn't think that they could afford the services that we offer. And we're not, we're not expensive, but we're not cheap either, just to be clear. But they were like, well, you know, we're not really at your market cap because we usually try to shoot around the 1 million, 2 million average revenue cap. Mm -hmm. They were under mm -hmm. a million. Um, but 
the coach that was wor working with them said, hey, let's let's go through it anyways. You know, gave them a, a rate that they could work with. They started working through it. That company um, is now six months into their, their year, their fiscal year, or I'm sorry, they were six months into their fiscal year, and they were already at the revenue targets for the year. And they had another wow. six months to go. So they were yeah. literally going to be at a point where they were going to exceed the revenue targets they were. And they attribute a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it to what this roadmap gave them, you know, and really helps to set things in motion, not just who we are as a company, where do we want to go, how do we want to act, but also what are we tracking against? You know, it's amazing how many small businesses and even large corporations i've worked with some of the, some of the largest corporations in my time that they have tracking mechanisms in place but they're not well communicated they're not tracked at a level that is easily pivotable mm -hmm. um and and they may not even be tracking the thing that is right towards the destination that the company or the group wants to go to right now you know right. they just set up mm -hmm. these kpis and they just manage them all throughout the year every year it's the same kpis so we spend time focusing on, hey, what do you want to do in the next 90 days? Like, really, where do you want to be in 90 days? And it doesn't have to be financial. We do care about financials. We do track financials. But your goals, we call them bets, for the next 90 days are important. You know, those bets are really important. And we love the term bets because as a small business owner and as a leader, you know, as soon as you got into, into leadership or you built your first business, you started betting day one. Whether that was your first hire, it was your first major decision, you know, taking on your first client. You've been betting on yourself, your company, your organization since then. So bets really resonate. But bets are also great because when you set a goal or a KPI, that's kind of like an end state. But if, you, if you've ever been and watched, you know, either the professional pokers or you've watched any online betting or you just know betting in general as it would be, um, you can always go back and cover your losses. Like you can make bad bets and that's okay because you learn from that bad bet. And now you turn around and you take that information and you make a better bet, as it would be. Um, yeah. So we, we focus on your 90 days. Hey, what do you want to do in the next 90 days? What's really important to you? And I've had clients um, where they've they said, you know what? We're going to move into a new facility in the next 90 days. That's a huge bet for us. We're moving from this small building to this larger building, and there's so much involved. So we work through what are all those things that we worried about? What are those risks? What are those opportunities? Um, where do we want to go afterwards? What does that look like? And, and it's just having that conversation, that dialogue with someone that is not their day to day. That can be so powerful and powerful for an organization. Yeah, I think you make a good point because I think companies really what they do is they sit down and they go, look, we want to make money. We want to hit a goal. We're going to build a sales team, build a leadership team. But they're so hyper focused on the results. Mm. They don't think about the process to get there and how they should frame it. Right. And I think exactly they become so, I guess they think about like, it's like getting in a car and going, I'm, I'm going to drive to my destination, but what about the ro roads? Like, are the roads going to be bumpy? Is there going to be a detour? Is there construction? Like, you know, you have to think about all that. And so you're kind of talking about, let's really break it all down into these pieces. Right. Yeah. And we do that. I mean, uh, our, our system has three days of training spread out over 30 days. And I know it sounds weird, three days over 30 days, but the way it works is we have what's called a day one. And day one is actually the hardest day because a lot of the leaders that we work with, you know, they're very visionary. They're big picture people. They've got lots of ideas. They don't like to get bogged down in the details, but it's really important for us on that day one to kind of dive into details of an organization. 
Yeah. And one of the first things we do, and, and I, I say this in a very gentle way, um, is that we rip the company apart, you know, yeah. uh, and not in the sense of like we're going to destroy it, but it's like we want to understand foundationally what are the minimum pieces and what do you need for this company to be successful? Like, don't think about people. Don't think about traditional roles, but what do you need? Well, we need to sell something. Great. We need to market something. We need uh, someone to lead us. We need that. So you start coming up with all these different roles, and then we start bucketing them together. And what we do at the end of that is you kind of have this really clear picture of your organization now, of what the organization should look like, the org structure, but without any names, titles, or anything like that. Then you start laying in all those other pieces. It's a lot like your road example. And I use that road example so much. Being in Atlanta, driving is like a nightmare. <laughs> I don't care where you're at. It's yeah. not fun. And, I, and I'm from the Baltimore, D.C. area originally. So I know even worse traffic than the Atlanta area. So, right. um, But it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you've got 15 different ways to get to one location. And you're looking at all these different routes to get there. But yeah. if you don't know... You know, car that you're driving, what it's available is, what kind of gas it takes, which that's probably not as hard of a one. But, you know, when was the last time it was serviced with the condition of the tires? If you don't know all those components, you could be in the, your 15 minute drive could literally turn into a three hour nightmare very quickly. Right. And it's the same thing with the company. And that's why we want to spend that time really breaking down and learning into it. Yeah. How much do you think I think in leadership, there's a lot of especially with entrepreneurs and leaders, there's a lot of ego involved and it's hard to be vulnerable and understand yeah. that you don't know everything you're not always right you're good at some things you're good at ideas and you're good at building uh you know expanding on the ideas and building them but you have to be vulnerable in some ways and admit hey i'm not always right and i am doing things wrong and do you encounter that with a lot of these types of personalities all the time and, and there are leaders that are more vulnerable and that are more open and more willing to uh, expose the kimono, open the kimono as it would be, um, yeah. or, or just to share their, their, their deepest secrets and scares. Um, but it's when we start to build that leadership team, we spend a lot of time making sure that they're creating a safe space for everybody to be open and honest. You know, and we right. spend a lot of time working with it. And that's part of the beauty of system and soul because you have the system side of the house, but you've also got the soul side of the house. We care deeply about the people. You know, right. in fact, I, I, I usually say to people, look, I'm one of the only coaching businesses out there that cares as much about your people and your customers as you do. Sometimes yeah. maybe even maybe a little bit more. <laughs> right. But it's hard because, you know, a lot of the leaders, they, they need some type of evidence or they need something to kind of kickstart them down that path. And we do that in a couple of ways. So one way, the first way we do it is we have this brief, like it's like five to seven minute assessment that you as a leader and your leadership team and pretty much anybody in your organization can take. And what it does is it scores you on these six key pillars that we work towards. And it grades you just like in school. So you'll get an 80% to 70% to 50%, whatever. And our goal is to get you to 100%, not to 90 or anything like that, but we want you at 100% at that, that pillar. And that's kind of like sets a foundational point and it gives everybody data that they can look to. So if it if it rates and says, hey, your um, trackability, you know, your score, the area where you measure yourself as a company is at 40 percent, everybody's going to be like, yeah, you're right. We really don't track things well. And, and everybody has said it. We've that's that's something we can all agree upon. So you don't have to be the person saying we suck at blank. 
it's there in black and white that says, hey, we're not great at this, but we're recognizing it and now we're going to work better. The second thing that we do is that when we work with leaders, um, we always tell the, the, the biggest leader in the room, whether that be the CEO or if it's a division leader or if it's a team leader, hey, there's, we got one rule for you when it comes to talking. When we are asking the group to be vulnerable, you go first. If we are asking the group to give an opinion, you go last. And and that's probably one of the harder things for the leaders to do. But when they do it a few times, they see the value of it. Because when they're vulnerable first, it sets the tone of how vulnerable everybody else can be. And it's really awesome to watch a leader that goes in and kind of like, you know, it's like a kid walking up to a pool that doesn't know if it's how the water's going to be. And he tips his toe in to see if it's the right temperature. Yep. Well, that feels good. He gets a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And then finally, he's like, this is amazing. And he just dumps in the cannonballs as it would yeah. be. Right. When a leader goes down that path, that's fantastic. You know, and there are others that just jump in with a cannonball right off the bat and everything. And it's, it's really cool to see them expose that vulnerability in themselves because it does open up so much more richer and better conversations with their leaders. What's interesting too is that people think that it becoming vulnerable means that you're weaker and you're less of a leader because you're you're kind of exposing your your emotions and your fears and your worries. But I think, and you probably agreed, that it's actually making you stronger. It makes you more of a leader, more honest and real. And I think, I mean, I think you'd agree that the people around you are going to respect you more because you're not afraid to open up, right? hundred percent. And if we look at, you know, the, the trends of the workforce, we're seeing a workforce that is coming into the, into the work space that is wanting that more and more, yeah. you know, um, I think my generation, the Gen Zers were probably one of the first groups that were starting to ask for a little bit more empathy, a little bit more EQ from our leaders. Yeah. And we're seeing it more and more and more and more. And and I can't tell you how many times on LinkedIn, at least once a week, I see someone post that that meme of people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad bosses, you right. know? And my heart breaks actually sometimes when I see that because it's not that the person is a bad boss. It may just be that they just haven't been able to find a way that they can express themselves, you know, and we spend a lot of time in, in our group. We, I work with um, a multitude of personality assessments, you know, whether it be Patrick Lassioni's widget, the disc, uh, Herman brain dominance, the thinking one, um, the temperaments is one of my favorite ones as well. But I work with leaders on an assessment that, that is comfortable to them to help them fully understand kind of like who they are and how they can be vulnerable, but more importantly, how you can give grace because not every personality is good at opening up in the same way. Just like we're not all good at doing the same jobs or being an expert in something else. Um, and I think it's really important that we we understand that we all are unique and different. And if we can give people some grace on those things, then that will allow them to open up and get to the point where they can then express themselves as who they are. But by without any doubt, the vulnerability and the ability to kind of humanize who you are is so important. And I think with COVID and with all the remote work, we're, we're losing a little bit of that humanization um, because people are seeing each other through a screen. And we, I have rules that when I work with people remotely, I'm like, hey, um, if we're going to be working together, we're either all remote or we're all in person. And if we're all remote, we always have our video camera on. 
Yeah. Like if you get up to go to the bathroom, that's fine. I don't mind looking at an empty chair. If your yeah. kids come in the background or your wife comes in the background to talk to you, that's fine. Go on mute, have the conversation. You're not going to distract us. But it's having that that visual appeal and that visual seeing of someone that just makes the conversation so much better. Because um, you can read there there are, there are personalities that read facial expressions better and faster than other personalities do. I'm one of those personalities. Like I I pick up on subtle tones of like, are they looking at me? How's their body language positioned? Are they leaning in? Are they leaning back? Like, what is it going on? Those little things go through my mind all the time as I'm talking with someone. When I'm on a on a, a black screen, I don't get that. So I don't right. get as much of a richness in what I can give back because I have to spend more time listening and listening to the tones of the voice and the change of the tones of the voice and things like that in order to really pick up on it. Well, there's other people that can just do great with that. They can hear the tones. They can hear everything else. And for them, it's not a problem at all. So it's just meeting people where they're at a lot of times. As we wrap this up, are there are there maybe a few takeaways for leaders, coaches, uh, or or CEOs listening to this that they can take home right now and really apply to not just work life, but maybe family life, maybe personal life too? Like, what are some key takeaways that you could give give people out there? So, so first off, to all the coaches out there that may be listening to this, who are to you? I mean, what you're, you're doing is is so needed in our world, you know, whether you're a, a business coach, a, a, a career coach, an executive coach, a coach like me, a coach with a competitor of mine, whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. We are all a brother and sisterhood and humanhood that is like valuable. That being said, uh, if you're a coach, if you're a CEO or you're a leader out there and you don't feel like things are going well, or even if you think things are going great, find a coach. You know, it's so important to have somebody else that can hear it from an outside view and that can speak into it. You know, I'm I'm someone that will wholeheartedly admit I've had, you know, um, coaches in my past. I have coaches now. I've had psychologists in my past. I call them my mental health friends. And it's not because I was messed up or because yeah. I, I had a, a traumatic event that I was going through. We tend to go to those things only when things are bad, but yeah. because it's just good, healthy brain health. You know, yeah. like have someone to unload on, to have someone help you work through problems and talking. Yeah. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable doing that with a stranger, uh, turn to the person on the right or left, your best friend, your spouse, your your confidant, someone you've grown and done a lot of life with, as it would be. Whoever it would be, you know, they can be that person as well. Uh, and having those conversations and, and learning to be vulnerable with them and helping them to help you see how to be vulnerable with others is a huge lift in your world uh, without yeah. any doubt. You yeah. know, um, the other thing is, is that for the people that are looking to find a coach is do your research on them, you know, uh, check out their website, listen to podcasts like this. I mean, I tell people all the time, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you hear my voice and you're like, gosh, I, I can't wait for this interview to be over so I can go read the transcript or I'm just going to bail out because I can't stand the way this guy's voice sounds. Mm -hmm. Do not call me to be your coach because yeah. you're not going to listen to me. Um, yeah. And it's, it's crazy how something that simple can be a determining factor. Um, but that's something that you got to do. You got to learn about these people. So I highly recommend that people do the research, get to know these people. Um, go check out systemandsoul.com um, and, and see about our framework. Check out my website, revenueleadership.com to learn more about me. Um, and, and just take the, take the first step, you know, and that's always the biggest and hardest part is taking that first step to whatever it is that you want to solve and get to. 
I think you make a good point in that, you know, and I've done this myself. I've talked to therapists. I've talked to coaches. Um, it's not about uh, saying you're you're having stress or trauma or anything like that. It's not about like, oh, I have a problem or I'm seriously depressed. I mean, you could be that and that you definitely should seek help. But outside of that, just developing yourself as a person, as a business owner, entrepreneur, husband, father, wife, whatever role you are, we all have these roles that we have to play in and it can be stressful at times. So I agree with you hundred percent, Eric. I think people need to seek out coaches. If you look at professional athletes, what do they have? They have coaches. Every single professional athlete who's had any success has had a coach to help them get there. So that tells you something. They, they, they really couldn't get there. I mean, they may get there themselves, but I think the coach really plays a role in Tom Brady, you know, winning a Super Bowl, right? Or, any, any of the all-stars like Michael Jordan, they've all had a coach that has been there to support them and help them improve and deal with their own personal challenges and struggles that they may not see until somebody else exposes it. Right. So, Oh yeah, I think that's exactly. Key. Definitely. Yeah. And they don't have just one coach either, which is what the best thing is. I mean, um, if you've ever seen, so Netflix has a TV show called Quarterbacks. We watched that recently, me and my wife. Yes. And Patrick Mahomes is one of the people that is is featured on there, along with Kirk Cousins from the Vikings. Uh, and I can't remember the guy from the from the Falcons, which is bad because I should, but his name's it a little was, uh, It was like uh, Mar- Mar- Marcus Marietta. Mar- Mar- Marietta. Marcus Marietta. Marietta. There you Marietta, go. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but they had more than one coach, and that's what yeah. amazed me. Like you have your you have your coach, you have your quarterback coach, you have your health coach, you have your fitness coach. Mahomes right. has got thirteen other things, and Patrick Cousins, I mean, Mr. Cousins is going out there and and got other, uh, you know, things that he's using. You know, a brain coach, you know, as yeah. it would be in tools. So yeah, it's you don't need just one. <laughs> you know, there's, it's, there's yeah. room for a lot. It's so funny you brought up that because I was thinking of that show because I was watching it too, and I and I. I'm I'm kind of I'm not a huge football fan, but I actually developed more respect for the game after watching the yes. amount of effort these quarterbacks. I mean, everybody on the team puts puts in effort, of course, but the quarterbacks, especially because they're there's so much pressure they're under, they're really they are the leader of the team on the field. They're a leader of every play, every offensive play, at least. So, and there's tremendous pressure, and these guys have not only coaches therapists therapists for their mental health physical mm-hmm. they have physical coaches that are helping them train especially Mahomes his training regimen is insane just to keep his body in line <laughs> and to prevent injuries I mean these guys not only are they under stress and pressure throwing a ball and trying not to get nailed by guys who are like three times their size right which you can imagine and and then they're getting hit play after play after play Yep. Not only do they have to rebound mentally from that, they have to rebound physically from that. And it's a lot. So, I, yeah, I definitely recommend if you listen to this, go check out that Netflix show, Quarterback. It is, It will give you a new respect for professional athletes as well as the mental side of the game and football in general. So, yeah, it's funny you brought that yeah. up because I, I thought the same exact thing. I'm like, p- business people should be watching this because there are a lot sure. of less, there are a lot of lessons in this outside of professional sports that you can gain from watching this um, and how they train and just the stress of trying to be and stay, stay in their position. Um, It's, it's a lot of pressure to try to keep it. And these guys are, they've got young families, they've got wives and babies and it's, it's, um, it's a lot of pressure, but it's interesting to see how they navigate all that. So. 
agree with you 100%. I gained so much more respect for for those quarterbacks and for the players and for just the overall what goes into them and everything. Right. Uh, it's amazing. I learned so much, too, that I didn't know. You know, we could yeah. probably have a whole other podcast on just that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, you don't have to be a professional athlete to take the same approach with your business or your work, right? right? So yep. I think it's it's good. Well, Eric, it's been an awesome conversation, man, and and I really appreciate you coming on. Um, people are listening and they want to learn more or work with you. How, how can they reach you? I mean, the best way to get a hold of me is just to head to my website, renovateleadership.com. Uh, you can search for me on LinkedIn. I'm Eric Ryan Jones is, about, is the easiest way to find me. Um, and then we've got the other socials, but I'm not someone that does something unique on any every social platform. So if you've got a social platform of, of choice, you can look for Renovate Leadership uh, or Renovate Leader on those social platforms. And what you see there is what you'll see posted just about everywhere. I'm more prominent on LinkedIn, and that's my first go-to is LinkedIn. Um, but I... I I put the same content out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think even my Google business uh, website has uh, some of that stuff as well and everything. So easy to find me if you need to. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. I wish you the best with everything. And if you are listening and you need help with coaching and you really want to just maybe clear up your mind, feel better, less stressed about business um, and what you have going on, reach out to Eric. He can help you. Uh, thanks, Eric. Enjoy the rest of your October. Have a good Halloween and have a safe and happy Friday the 13th. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you, buddy. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Ryan says thanks. Your support is appreciated. And hey, even if you don't buy me a coffee, I'm happy to have you listening. So keep it up. And thanks again.